Does Dave Gettleman deserve to be back as the Giants GM? Will Jason Garrett be back? How important is Patrick Graham returning? We put the icing on the cake to the 2020 Giants, give our awards, and look ahead to what Big Blue might do this offseason. We also chat with one of the key playmakers on the Giants offense. It's their top wide receiver, Darius Slayton. All that and more next on the, oh man, don't cry, Jake, the season two finale of the Blue Rush podcast. From the New York Post. Welcome to the season finale of the Blue Rush podcast from the New York Post. Thank you to everyone for joining such great listeners this year, whether you're in America, Canada, Tunisia, whatever country you're coming from, we appreciate your support. And if you're new to the program, catch up on all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, where you can give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. We appreciate that support. And you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, NYPost.com, wherever you get podcasts. On the season finale today, we Put the icing on the cake to the season. Look ahead of the offseason. And later in the show, we talk with Darius Slayton, the Giants wide receiver, will join us. So we got a lot to do. It's Jake Brown, Paul Schwartz, Lawrence Tyne, Sarah McCrory. Guys, uh, it's been a fun season. Unfortunately, it didn't end well for the Giants in terms of making the playoffs, but a fun season. It's been fun doing the show, and we got a lot to get into. So let's get right to the nitty-gritty. Um, let's start with Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman has been... You know, the talk of Giants Twitter, the talk of the Giants fandom. There's some people that love him. There's a lot of people that hate him. There's a lot of people that want him gone. He let us know that he's healthy as a hoss uh, with the, the classic uh, Boston accent, Massachusetts accent. We're healthy as a hoss as well. And he'll be back for one more season. He's promising big things in the offseason, obviously getting mixed reviews. I'd love to hear your guys' input. We'll start with you, Tynesy. Is keeping Gettleman the right move for the Giants? It is, and that may not be popular with Giants Nation, but after the offseason, he had COVID, even though it's not really an excuse, it sort of is, and the draft. I mean, they had a hell of a draft this past year with a lot of players making the team and playing significant snaps. Now, having said that, I think you don't want to make another change, and I think this will be important to see what he does. I, I look at it this way. Giants Nation should actually be really excited because here's what's going to happen. You only have one more year of him at best if he doesn't win. If he doesn't go to the playoffs or win 9-10 football games next year, He's gone. And if we win nine or 10 football games, everybody's happy. So I just think that stay in the course with Gettleman after this kind of weird COVID year, the draft that he had in the free agency, I think it's worth one more year and then let's see what happens. But for right now, it's the right move. Look, here's here's what I think about that. The time to get rid of Dave Gettleman was last year if they wanted to do it. They got rid of the coach, Pat Shermer. The team was not good for two years in a row. Ownership went to Dave Gettleman and said, you're coming back. Your batting average has to get better. Okay. That's let's take it in baseball terms. You hit 230 last year. You need to hit 300 this year. Okay. Or else you're not coming back. Well, if the guy then hits 300, you don't go into him and say, well, you hit 300, but I'm still getting rid of you. That's not the way it works. James Bradbury, Blake Martinez, Logan Ryan, Graham Gano, hit, 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 hit. They got all those guys, right? Other guys, the draft was okay. Maybe better than okay. Maybe really good. A lot of guys contributed this year. John Mara was asked about that. I asked him, you know, 
because the team didn't even announce that Dave Gettleman was coming back. It was just like, Dave Gettleman's available. I said, John, there was really no announcement. He said, well, I didn't really contemplate getting rid of Dave Gettleman. So if you want an announcement, okay, Dave's coming back. He said a key thing here was the batting average went up. And he said, Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge worked great together. He said they had no issues in personnel. He loved the way they worked together. He said they don't agree on everything. Then he brought up his his sainted father, Wellington Mara, who said, look, if you guys agree on everything, I don't need both of you. I can get rid of one of you. I want you to guys have disagreements. Just figure it out. What John Mara said is, I don't think a change at this point was something that was going to be beneficial. That is the key. There's no reason to change something if it's on the way up. Dave Gettleman stays. It's the right move for 2021. John Mara got grilled on this. Why is Dave back? Look at the record. Look at the record. You know, it's an indictment on Dave Gettleman. He said, you used the word indictment. He said, we made some miscalculations in 2018 and we paid for that on the roster. Some guys, draft picks and free agents who were not on the team now, who should be on the team contributing. And Dave Gettleman admitted that. 18 was not a stellar year. We learned from our mistakes. Our processes are better. You know, what, what some fans don't realize is they've completely redone their grading system on college players. Completely. That's new. So it's not like the same old, same old. They, yeah. Gettleman might be same old, same old. They've changed that. They've changed the way they dispatched scouts. They've changed their look at analytics. They've changed it. You know, Dave gets gets ripped for his, you know, sh- on a, uh, pretending he's typing on a keyboard and, you know, all those analytics geeks. But they use analytics, you know. He's yeah. not on the forefront, but they have people using it. So they're, they're in the modern times. They're doing a good job with these things. So, you know, the mob mentality doesn't rule here. They want the Dave get – they want, you know, people – fans want everybody out always when things aren't good. The easiest thing to do is to say, fire you, fire you, fire you. That's the way losing operations work. You can't stick with guys forever, but firing guys every year or two, it's just a recipe for failure. Guys, someone that Giants fans actually wanted to stay is defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who was about to receive plenty of interest from other teams looking for new head coaches. But the Giants made sure to keep Graham and sign him into a contract extension. This is a huge win for the Giants, right? Yeah, there's no question. Look, the Black Picasso. That's what Logan Ryan called Patrick Graham, the Black Picasso. You can't let the Black Picasso walk out the door. Also, it's funny. The Jets called to say, we want to talk to you, Patrick Graham. And all of a sudden, he's getting more money from the Giants to stay. I don't know what that says about the Jets or about the Giants, but they could not go forward without Patrick Graham. If he got a head coaching job, God bless bless him, uh, but he wanted to stay. They need him back on this defense. They absolutely do. This is a layup. You know, I tweeted about it. One of my favorite memes on Twitter is that one where that coach is like, bring me my money. And guess what? Patrick Graham, we're bringing you your money. Throwing dollar bills. Staying on that front with coordinators getting head coaching interest, uh, some people had to, uh, you know, do a double check and make sure that the report was right about this one. The charge of expressed interest in Giants offensive coordinator Jason Garrett, while Gettleman says it makes him a little antsy. I know there's a lot of Giants fans who might celebrate if Garrett were to leave for a head coaching job elsewhere. Uh, do you think the Giants would be better off with a different offense coordinator in 2021 for Daniel Jones or would you like them to keep Garrett there? Well, apparently the Chargers have not watched any Giants tape this season because if they did, they would they would have sent uh, Jason Garrett a bus ticket, not a plane ticket, to come visit. Yeah, listen, I would not 
be surprised if we're kicking the tires on somebody out there. I know they talked about continuity. I think this this offense needs a refresh button. Now, having said that, maybe they did spend so much time implementing an offense with Saquon around it, but you would have thought we just saw some evolution of this offense throughout the season, and we didn't. It remained blah, two route, one route, three tight ends. Daniel Jones is an athletic quarterback. We need to get him out in space and moving around a little bit. So I'm not a big fan of, of keeping Jason Garrett, but obviously it looks like we're going to. Well, we'll see about that, Lawrence. Um, you, the one thing is, it's, it, you've got to be careful figuring out Joe Judge. This is his first offseason, you know, as an entrenched head coach now. And I think anyone who looks at Joe Judge and says, I know what he's going to do. Joe Judge is going to have a few surprises this offseason. I think so. Some guys, we say they're going to be back. They're going to be gone. Uh, it's just the, the way, you know, he quietly sits back and evaluates. And he, I'm sure he's a very opinionated guy. He has his yays and his nays. Uh, I'd be lying if I say I know 100% what Joe Judge is thinking about Jason Garrett. They know that they need playmakers. They average 17.5 points a game. I'm not so sure, though. Just as people were wondering, why is he so bullish on Daniel Jones after a bad year? I'm not so sure he's willing to throw Jason Garrett out either. That's a big step. That is a big step to get rid of your offensive coordinator after one year and put, as Dave Gettleman mentioned, Jake, you're right. He said he'd be he's antsy hearing Jason Garrett talking to the Chargers. If you're going to put Daniel Jones in his third offensive system in the last three years, you better be damn sure you're making the right move. Damn sure. So third, fourth, if you count Duke. I, listen, I, I understand all that, but when you're basically 29th or worse in every category on offense versus what they were last year, I really do think Saquon coming back changes this whole offense. It really does. I mean, I, if you watch how the offensive line played very poorly during the early part of the year and they got better, but even when they were better, we still didn't put up any big yardage games. And But I do think Saquon is kind of the missing piece in all of this, but I wouldn't mind seeing another young, innovative offensive mind come in here and maybe help out. So we'll see what happens. All right, guys, the offseason for the Giants is here. There are holes that need to be fixed. Take us through your offseason plans ahead. Do the Giants re-sign Gallman, Tomlinson, Leonard Williams? Do they make any big free agent moves? Well, Let's hear the it. Cap, we don't know what the cap is like, Sarah, and um, you know that rules everything. But, yes, they will make big free agent moves. Um, I think you hit on the, the key first issue they have to figure out. Look, you have to figure out on your own before you go out and spend others, right, and get for others. Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson. They both deserve to stay. The Giants know the strength of their defense is, is their defensive line. Logan Ryan was saying the other day, he looks at the defensive line and he says, I only hope that our secondary one day can be looked at and have that kind of force and that kind of effectiveness that our defensive line does. They start everything for this defense. Leonard Williams had a monster year. Okay, monster. He he is He's going to ask for the sun, the moon, and the stars. And he may get the sun, the moon, and the stars. Uh, he was a, he was one of the best players in the league this year. Dalvin Tomlinson is a team captain. You know this. Dalvin Tomlinson is the first defensive player in New York Giants history to play every game and start every game his first four years. Strahan didn't do it. Tuck, O.C., uh, anybody. I mean, the guy is as durable as durable can be. He's a house. He's very popular. He's a perfect player for Joe Judge. Don't say a lot do a lot. So he deserves to be signed. Maybe you have to franchise tag one of them, but how much money can you have for two defensive linemen, right? So 
Uh, that's one of the big issues. Uh, you know, whether Wayne Goldman comes back, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll probably bring him back in case, unless he wants a lot of money. But the defensive linemen, those two guys has to be one and two about what they're going to do because they may only be able to have to pay one of them. And I cannot see them letting Leonard Williams out the door. Yeah, Leonard Williams is is the prized free agent on this football team after the season he put together. And they gave up a third round pick, to, a third and a fifth, maybe, Paul. Is that right? Yep. Um, so obviously, 11 and a half sacks is hard to replace. Uh, so you're going to do everything you can within reason to sign him. You know, with the way the cap is going to be structured this year, you may be able to do kind of a, a team friendly deal for maybe a, a one or two year deal and then see what the cap is after the year. I don't think Leonard's going to want to do that. Dalvin Tomlinson, I hope he stays. They drafted him. He's he's homegrown. He's a captain. Man, is this a tough situation for Dave Gettleman because I think they have ways to, you know, I think Solder maybe gets released. I would say Toy Lolo and, and Tate. I mean, there's 15 to $18 million more in cap space from those three releases. I think we can make it work, but I'm not sure. On, and then Gallman, you know, he's going to get some suitors out there. I mean, I, I would I would believe he would probably command more money on the open market than the Giants are willing to pay him. I would like to see him back, though. I really would. But they have their hands full with these two guys up front. And then, you know, Dexter Lawrence is not far behind him. Uh, here's the thing, Lawrence, and you know this better than I do. Certain guys in the, in the room, everyone looks at and says, he's a good soldier. He deserves to be paid, okay? The Giants miscalculated with Linville Joseph and let him go. And then he went to Minnesota and stopped every running back in his tracks. Okay. So I I think Dalvin Tomlinson, one of these loyal soldiers, players, team captain, never misses a game. As I said, if you don't pay him, then then players look at that and say, okay, so I'm going to play my, butt off for four years and then you're going to let me go so that's not good and and what Dave Gettleman said about this is this is he said this is what I want and I know Dave Gettleman looks at this and says look there's worse problems than having two players I want back and trying to figure out money as opposed to saying I got six players I want to get the hell out of here Dave Gettleman says he tells the players play like crazy on the field okay that's what I want you to do and then when it comes to negotiate, I want you to come in here and make me cry. Make me cry. Like, <laughs> I, want, to. I want all the money. I deserve all the money. You, you know, squeeze it out of me because that's a position of strength looking when he goes to Joe Judge and says, who do you want? And Joe Judge says, I want them both. You got to make it happen. Yeah, I don't see, you know, I've kind of read the tea leaves on social media. Kevin Zeitler is the guy you cannot let go. I, to me, I, I think the veteran presence he brings to that offensive line, people have said, well, his cap number is too high. Well, is it? Because if he if you cut him and he signs somewhere else, he's going to make a whole lot more than that. I mean, he is a very, very solid veteran player. I don't know what his number is, 12 million or something like that. I think 14.5. Okay, um, that's not a huge amount of money. Maybe you redo him and add a couple years and, and lower that to some extent, but I think you keep him because the Hernandez thing is complex to me. I don't know what happened this year with him. Uh, maybe the COVID thing. And then I think Pert, you know, he had COVID too. So he didn't play well down the stretch. Maybe it took something out of those two guys. Obviously, it's a nasty virus. But I think we'll find a way. And Kevin Abrams does a really good job with the cap. They'll find a way to get Williams and Thompson in-house. I really think they will. Squeeze it out of me. All right, and you know we'll address free agency in a pre-free agency show in March. So we're not going to talk about Juju and Galladay and guys that they probably should be going after 
as well. But the guys in-house, hopefully they bring back. We'll see how it all works out. We're going to close on this before we go to Darius Slay and give out our awards for the season. Now, you know, we brought in a new host at Lawrence Times. Paul Schwartz was a contributor last year. Brought him in as a co-host. So you guys get a co-host of the year. You could share that. Um, you, have, you had no competition. It's like uh, someone winning and uh, they had no one up against them. And producer of the year, me, of course, Jake Brown. Uh, I'll take that award. But let's give out Giants awards because that's what the people care about. And guys, we'll start with the coordinator of the year. Who gets it? Well, uh, this is a, a, a it's three of them, and it's a very difficult decision. Um, I uh, poured over tape. Uh, look, Patrick Graham. Uh, it's not it's not Lawrence Tynes uh, fan club member uh, uh, Jason Garrett. And let's face it, the special teams was not great down the stretch. Uh, uh, Patrick Graham is one of the coordinators in the league of the year, so he gets it for the Giants. No brainer here. The defense went from thirtieth to ninth in the league. I think they were number two in the red zone in the NFL. Patrick Graham, that's an easy one. All right, position coach of the year. This one is, I'm going to, I think I'm going to differ here from Paul. I'm going to go with the combination of our offensive line, Colombo. These are our offensive line coaches, by the way. Colombo, DeGuglielmo, and Joe Judge. We have three offensive line coaches. Well, no, you and, can't do three. What, what, well, what, that's who all coach the offensive line. Yeah, so it's, but it's, it's one it's, man, no, one no, man. Effort. Okay, then Joe Judge, our offensive line coach, Joe Judge. Okay, <laughs> can I name him the offensive line coach? Can because we just give Joe all the was. awards? Give Joe Judge every award. How about that? Three rookies, right? You've got Pert. Well, four. I mean, Nick Gates was essentially a rookie. Lemieux, Thomas, and Pert. I mean, that 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 unit from week one to week seventeen, by far the most improved unit for the Giants. All right, that's an interesting one. It's not the right one, but it's an interesting that's one. Um, that's fine. Position coach, uh, it's between two guys, Sean Spencer, the defensive line coach, and uh, Jerome Henderson, the defensive backs coach. I give it to Sean Spencer. Do you know Sean Spencer's nickname? No, but how many rookies did he coach this year? Hold on, hold on. It, 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 now, just fight, because fight, you coach fight, a rookie, fight. first of all, Sean Spencer's nickname is Chaos. How about that at Penn State? Coach Chaos. Uh, he he brought some chaos to the Giants' defensive line. I understand. You know what, though? I'll give you this about rookies. Leonard Williams had how many sacks in eight games for the Giants last year with not, without Coach Chaos coaching him? Uh, three. Uh, a half. One half a sack last year for the Giants. He had 11 and a half this year. Dalvin Tomlinson had more pass defense this year than he did in his, his career. Dexter Lawrence is the promising rookie last year. He made leaps and bounds improvement this year. Uh, other guys, Austin Johnson, B.J. Hill was buried on the chart last year with his coaching staff. B.J. Hill was an effective pass rusher, and they told him, you don't get on the field unless you stop the run. He was better at that this year. I thought Sean Spencer, Coach no. Chaos, did an excellent job. Just because you have good players. He's got an embarrassment of riches over there. First rounder, first rounder, top five. This offensive line is full of a bunch of misfits. One first rounder in the bunch, undrafted, fifth round pick. Come on. Easily. Just, uh, uh, a Giants uh, offensive lineman. Just remember, that was Lawrence Tynes, two-time Super Bowl kicker, who called you misfits, okay? Not the beat writer well, for the New York yeah. Post. Misfits, Lawrence Tynes. Okay, it's now on tape. You can never deny it. So, yeah, speaking of offensive line, this is like Mark Colombo versus Joe Judge. We're just waiting for the punches to be thrown now. It's like Thanksgiving all over again. All right, last one. Let's do overall player of the year. And then if you guys want to give offensive and a defensive, but who's the overall Giants player of the year? It, without question, it oh. is the right leg oh, of Gutsman Graham Gano. 30 field goals. What do you have to do in pro football to win? Score points. He had 30 
consecutive field goals. He was the most consistent player on this team. You can point to sacks. They did nothing. They didn't put any points on the board. Graham Gano is the MVP of this football team, and it's not even a close second. There's no one even in his zip code. 100%. He'll be a first-team All-Pro. You watch. What is that I hear? It's bagpipes. It's bagpipes in the background for the Scotsman. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, you know what? You know, Jim Fossil uh, was the coach of the Giants, and he brought the team to the Super Bowl. And um, we were asking him once about uh, a kicker. Uh, you know, he had a little leg injury, and, uh, you know, he said, you know, is he going to be able to, you know, play this Sunday? And he said, doesn't have to play. He just has to kick. Okay. Uh, I understand. I'm not diminishing the great value of kickers. I understand. Or that. you sort of are, but you're just. Doing I, it first of all, there. I was quoting Jim Fossil, number two, yeah. without your. He actually lost a 28-point lead against San Francisco, too. Yeah, I understand. I, I covered that game. It's one of the hardest games I ever covered, okay? Um, but besides that, I know without your right leg, the Giants don't have the two Lombardi trophies. In, in the. I get it, okay? God bless kickers. But the, the, the most important player, the player of the year for the Giants this year was James Bradbury. The Ooh. whole defensive system doesn't work unless James Bradbury is a lockdown corner. They paid him $16 million a year. He was worth it. How many times is a big free agent worth it. Logan Ryan said in the last game against the Cowboys, right? We were worried. How are they going to stop CeeDee Lamb and, and uh, you know, all these other great receivers they have, right? Michael Gallup and um, Cooper. Logan Ryan said, what we did is we played our defense and we told the Cowboys basically throw at James Bradbury. We're putting all our attention on the other side of the field and they wouldn't even throw at James Bradbury because they know how good he is. So the defense carried the team. James Bradbury carried the defense. Leonard Williams, a close second. Graham Gano um, also receiving votes. <laughs> that was like a couple, three months into COVID who are ready to break up after that, that, uh, that back and forth. Lawrence signed, they'll get a break from each other here. And I'm going to say Blake Martinez because I think he was an anchor to the defense. He's He was all pro. He'll let you know that on Twitter. He was a great guest on the Blue Rush podcast. So in honor of a guy who came on the podcast and was an anchor to the defense, Paul Schwartz, I'm going to take Blake. That's a fine one. Now, I, if you want to break down offensive and defensive player of the year, obviously I gave it to James Bradbury. So I'll give defensive player of the year, not to Bradbury. I gave it to Leonard Williams, as we said. Blake Martinez with 151 tackles is a fine choice. Offensive player of the year for a lousy offense. You know what the number 1,013 is? What's the significance of the number 1,013? That's 1, how many snaps Nick Gates played consecutively. And how many snaps did the Giants offense play on the field this year? That many? That many. 1013. Yeah. He played all of them. Kevin Zeitler was second, a thousand and one. You so know what I, 30? You know what 30 in a row is? That's, Franchise record. Cue the yeah, paid. Graham Gano, the Scotsman, <laughs> the MVP of Big Blue. Let's Look, go. Take, 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 I, I don't need to hear that accent for several more months, okay? Rubbish. <laughs> okay. I, I don't we we can tune off here and I don't need to hear that accent. Rubbish. If, if I want, you know, bad Mike Myers impersonations, I'll go somewhere else. Okay. Ah, you love uh, it. Yeah, I do. Yes, I love, it. I love it. I love it in my. It. I love it in my lugs. You're right. That's I right. love it in my lugs. <laughs> See your lugs. Nick Gates never played center before. He was not good in the beginning. He he told us the other day. He said, "Look, you." Someone asked him, "How do you think you played this year?" He goes, "said you look. You guys saw it. I was a pretty bad center for the first month of the year. He got better. He became he was really center. good. Like he I think good. he was better than just good. Like he yeah. even Troy Aikman talked about him." pretty glowingly in that last game. He has really 
done this. I mean, he could have easily, you know, made a Pro Bowl, or but he's he's a great he's he's really turned it on. He's he's done a nice job there. And another thing in the Dave Gettleman feather in his cap, they signed him during the year. They signed him to. I know. He's under contract for another three years. Cheap labor. Cheap labor. He's much better than I thought he was going to be. So he's my offensive end because he never missed a snap. And he got much better. And uh, look, nobody else did a whole lot of anything on that offense anyway. Sarah McCrory, we know your player of the year is Evan Ingram, right? The Pro Bowl tight end. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> who, who is your actual player of the year? Well, I feel like you guys hit all the you guys hit all the major. But I was actually going to say offense. I don't know player of the year, but someone who I think is maybe controversial to say this or underrated, just because I think he brings a lot of momentum and spark to the offense is Sterling yeah. Shepard. I think once he came back, there was a shift in the offense. That's just my opinion. No, I think you're right. And the players yeah. and the coaches love Sterling Shepard. He was their best receiver this year. There's no question about it. And he will be a lot better as a really good slot receiver if they get a legitimate guy on the outside. Yeah. All of a sudden, the slot cornerback who has to deal with Sterling Shepard is going to be mm, in trouble. trouble. Yeah. You get a number one with Slayton and, and Sterling and Saquon. Listen, that's why there's expectations coming up. There's a lot out there. Godwin, Galladay, Juju. We said it. We'll talk about it in March. But no Juju, no Juju. Uh, yeah, no, we probably there'll be too many no. TikToks in New York City. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Get we, out of your stupid TikTok. Avoid that. Yeah. So there'll be a guy out there, and Sterling, like you said, him in the slot could be incredible next season with Daniel Jones. All right, guys. Speaking of receivers, one of them is going to join us next, and that's Darius Slayton right here on the Blue Rush Podcast. He is a dog. Joining us next on Blue Rush is a soon-to-be third-year Giants wide receiver. He burst on the scene in 2019 with 740 yards and eight touchdowns in 14 games. In his rookie year with Eli Manning and Daniel Jones at quarterback, but in his second season in 2020 with just DJ, he played all 16 games, finishing with 751 yards and three touchdowns. Let's give it up for Auburn alum and the pride of Norcross, Georgia, number 86, Darius Slayton. Darius, welcome to Blue Rush. Jake Brown, Lawrence Tynes, Paul Schwartz. Happy New Year. I guess I could still say that because we're a weekend. I don't know how happy it is, but happy New Year, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man. We, uh, you know, we're glad to talk to you and, uh, you know, you're a playmaker on this offense and we're excited to see what the offseason holds. Unfortunately, it is the offseason because of uh, the moron Doug Peterson on Sunday. Now, you were tweeting about this. Um, you said it was sickening, sickening. It was sickening, and we were all in agreement with you. We were vomiting as we watched. Can you kind of take us through your Sunday night watching of Jalen Hurts going to the bench and uh, Sudfeld coming in? Um, it was it was just, yeah, like I said at the time, it was sickening, Um mostly just because you're watching a game that directly affects you that you have no ability to affect. So that kind of helplessness in a game like football is, is a terrible feeling. And then on top of that, you know, you just feel like um, Jalen Hurts was playing pretty well at the time. Uh, they were competitive in the game. So, you know, it just would have been nice to, to see him finish out the game and at least, you know, have a competitive finish. Darius, what did you think? Um, it's Paul, by the way. Thanks for coming on. Um, what do you think the day after that? Uh, your head coach really did not mention the Eagles by name, but he was very, very um, adamant about how the New York Giants football operation would handle something like that. And he, he said that, you know, we will never, ever not play for 60 minutes to win the game as long as I'm the head coach. I mean, did that resonate with the uh, his players? 
hundred percent because you know a game a game like football is is a difficult game. Anybody that's played the game, the physical and mental toll it takes on you is tremendous. So you know, regardless of if you're two and ten and it's week sixteen, seventeen, you only get seventeen or sixteen opportunities to play in real games every year. And most people don't even get that because of injuries and shoot this year with COVID or what have you. So all of these opportunities are cherished and important. So to go out there and give anything less than your best and try to win the game as a coach or a player is, you know, I agree with Coach Judge. It's just uh, it's a disrespect to the time that people put into it. Darius, this is Lawrence. Hey, thanks. Thanks for coming on. After after your kind of breakout season as a rookie, uh, you know, 740 yards, eight touchdowns, did you see – did did teams play you differently this year defensively? Did you see more number one corner? Did they roll coverage your way? I mean, because – Obviously, you were the guy after especially – I mean, and you had a good year this year. You know, people are going to compare it to true number one receivers, but you're in your second year. I mean, I think you're an ascending player. Did you see anything different from your rookie year? In a few games, it just kind of depends on the game and the opponent. But, um, you know, I had a few games where, you know, they matched up certain guys to me or whatever, tried to do this or that to me. So um, I I saw a little bit of that this year. Did you feel like there was developed chemistry from year two to year one with Daniel Jones? Obviously, you had a little sprinkle of Eli as well last year. Did you see that, you know, the chemistry develop? And do you see next season kind of really being special, like another year of Daniel Jones develop, you guys connecting, you guys will probably add another receiver and add a playmaker, get Saquon back. All that seems like it could really add to a really good third season for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely feel like we we built off our, our rookie year, and I think it showed up this year. You know, obviously DJ was in and out a little bit towards the middle slash end of the season, battling injuries and what have you. But um, other than that, I believe we we did a pretty solid job being on the same wavelength when we were out there on Sundays. When you look at what went on this year, you went through something that uh, nobody, uh, your team and the league. Nobody in the history has ever done before. You got through a season during a global pandemic. You know, everyone saw this guy's not in, this guy's not in. Okay, this guy tested positive. This guy's a close contact. But in the building, can you take our listeners in the building? And what was it like to go through this, to wear monitors, to wear masks, to, you know, not see loved ones? You know, did you have to have people stay away to dealing with this and getting through the season? I mean, it was unlike anything we've ever seen. Yeah, it was definitely weird. You know, I think one thing that I guess if you never play that's kind of lost is just kind of in the facility just being able to hang out with your teammates um, whether you're going to get lunch or breakfast you know normally you can sit in the cafeteria um, talk whatever what have you but sometimes if you have a positive or whatever you can't even you have to grab and go your food all the time so you can't sit in the cafeteria to eat or if you do sit to eat you have to eat and then get up and go you can't just like casually sit and have conversations or stuff like that and even in the locker room you have to stay spaced out you know instead of your lockers being right next to each other there's there's sometimes there's a blank one between you so you know kind of that just constant uh barrier between you all the time um was definitely something that was really weird especially for a sport like football where camaraderie and team building is so important yeah that that, that is important that part of the game Darius there were 17 Wide receivers taken ahead of you in the in the 2019 draft. You do you keep a list? You keep a list like other guys do. I mean, because right now if we had a do over in the draft. You're a first second rounder. I mean, even after two years, you're top five from that draft class in yards and production. Do you have a list? I don't. I don't have a list of them, but I'm well aware of who they are, <laughs> and where yeah. I was. So it's it's. 
I don't have anything written down, but in my mind, um, you know, one seventy one seventeen are both. Uh, they're well in my mind. We got, we got to know. Uh, we ask every one of the current players we have on. Do you know your Joe Judge lap tally? You know what? I can honestly say I made it through the season with a big zero. Wow. Mm. No Tra- laps for me. Training camp too. Training camp as well. Wow. Look at mm. that. We got to give him a round of applause. Yeah, that. we- that's, that's impressive. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Jared, you're, yeah. the, you're the first guy That's we like got on teacher's here. Pet. That's yeah, like yeah. teacher's we pet. Dalvin Tomlinson run, Blake run, Graham Gano. Wait, Graham Gano didn't run. Graham Gano didn't run. Count. Kickers yeah. don't run. Kickers don't run. <laughs> yeah, Graham, Graham didn't run. We, we, yeah. You, you save the, you you the kicker's leg, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, Darius, um, back in the summer, you know, the events that were happening in this country in Kenosha, Jacob Blake, and I know, you know, the Giants came out with a unified front and a lot of teams were making big statements. Um, I know the Giants made a statement, but they wanted to make a statement by what they did, you know, not what they said. And they put together uh, a series of um, New York Police Foundation, Bronx Defenders, Ava's Village, um, the mayor's office in, in East Orange. You know, they, they targeted nine organizations, says we're going to spread our players in the community. Uh, can you just tell people about maybe what did you do? You know, what, what organization did you want to get involved in? And what was that like? And, and how do you think the, the team handled it? I mean, obviously, this goes beyond sports. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was a tremendous opportunity presented to us by Coach Judge to even do this in the first place. My group, we decided to work with a group called the Far Rock Away Colts which is uh, the NYPD has a program where they have these kids that are in this, you know, kind of impoverished area, you know, disadvantaged area, and they take them and they give them a chance to play football. So they have a flag football team. I think it's all, I think whatever the regulations are for the NYPD, they can't play tackle football, but they have all these kids in flag football programs. They help them with school. They help them with meals. So um, we felt like that was something that was really important, something that we needed to help shed light on because the work that they're doing, um, especially like you said, in light of the Jacob Blake thing where people didn't have the most positive view of the police, felt like it would be something important to help try and show that, you know, there are good police officers out here doing good work, trying to do the right thing, as well as bring light to this program and the type of things that they're doing to help these kids. Uh, we, we mentioned, you know, obviously you're from um... – Georgia, uh, across right outside of Atlanta, right? 10, 15 miles outside of Atlanta. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yep. Um, as a Georgian, I assume a proud Georgian, uh, what did you make of uh, what happened in Georgia this week? Groundbreaking stuff in the Senate. Yeah, it was shocking. You know, Georgia's a traditionally a red state, so it's, it was just shocking in general, for one, during the presidency, and then during this vote to even see it go the other way. So, um, you know, I guess it just shows that people are getting out and getting to the polls, which in my opinion, regardless of which way you vote, I think it's important that, you know, we get more opinions out there and have more people voting just to have that, you know, across the board on either side. Darius, you mentioned you're going to you're going to head south on on Friday and get back down to Georgia. What what are some of the things you're going to be doing for yourself? You're going to rest, you're going to add weight. What what is what does your off season look like in between now and the off season program for you personally? Uh well, first I'm going to get warm. Yep, that's uh, good. <laughs> that's first step one. And then uh probably after that, uh, like you said, just try to take some time um, away for a little bit and just relax and and try to you know, get my mind back right for uh, this this next coming season. But um, along with that, you know, eventually try to, I'm, you know, I'm going to do cardio here and there, lift here and there, but um, I'd be lying if I said I was going to get back and wait from a pound, 500 pounds on my back. <laughs> 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 I ain't that. 
I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be doing that for a little while, but um, you know, I'll stay in shape and then eventually, you know, ramp my way back up. Is Magic City back open? One and two are the wings that are as good as everyone says. Lou Williams loves the wings. Everyone loves the wings. Give us the Magic City review of the wings. You know, man, I have never been to Magic City. Wow. I I didn't even know what they served. <laughs> I didn't know they served wings. Now, be you'll, you'll like, be there. We'll. That's your off season plan. We'll see you eating wings at Magic City. Shot. <laughs> I can't do that with Corona going on, but I might have I might have to Uber eat some or something. <laughs> hey, Darius, uh, you know, during the season you played, uh, your production was good some games, not as good other games. You know, some games targets, some games it catches, some games not. There was always this kind of underlying thing that, you know, Darius seems a little banged up. You guys don't like talking about that during the season. You know, no competitive advantage. Now that the season's over, how banged up were you this year? And and are you, um, do you need any kind of procedure or anything? this offseason? No, I don't need any surgeries, no procedures. You know, Coach Judge always says when our team is going to make excuses. So, you know, I'm I don't, I'm not not that type of person anyway. So, I mean, I I had my injuries here and there, but, um, you know, it, my leg wasn't falling off. So, you know, at the end of the day, I you know, whatever I, when I went out there on Sundays, you know, I was good enough to go. And I think every everybody's out there had something that's affecting their game. But, you know, at the end of the day, I expect to go out there and perform at a high level. So try to stay healthy next year and do the best I can. Football mentality right there. Hey, 2021, as we look at it, Giants Nation, it's a big year for you guys. You know, there, there's going to be expectations on this team when Saquon comes back with you and Sterling, and obviously if they draft a kid higher in free agency. I mean, 2021, we're all expecting playoffs or maybe not bust, but where is your mindset? I know it's early and you don't have to put predictions on the team, but do you look at 2021 as a big season coming up for the New York Giants? I definitely think it's a season with a lot of potential. I think for all the reasons that that you just stated, you know, like I said, obviously we'll we'll have a talented team. We'll still have a young team, you know, along with having the continuity of having uh, Coach Judge for a second year will will be helpful just in itself, you know. So I'm definitely looking forward to next year for sure. What What did you learn from Joe Judge? Everyone raves about him. We talk about him all the time. People love him. I think you know Giants fans wanted to run through a brick wall after what he said about Doug Peterson basically the other day. I'm sure you were you were pumping your chest a bit. Take us inside, mm-hmm. like who Judge Judge is the coach and the the person Joe Judge off the field. Um, as a coach, I think he's just a great educator, to be honest. One thing I've never experienced on a football team is he, when the team is all together, you know, sometimes, you know, coaches tend to focus on uh, overarching themes. But, I mean, in our team meetings, we go over offensive keys, defensive keys, special teams keys. So the it's not like just in the offense meeting, defense meeting, special teams meeting, those individual groups. He goes over things as a whole. So he just teaches football. At, from a holistic view so I mean I don't learn stuff about you know shoot special teams <laughs> I never even knew you know just sitting in a squad meetings you know listening to the stuff he says and the different strategies teams try to beat you with and stuff like that so I think his attention to detail has been something that's been helpful specifically for me and our whole team. Darius when you um, um your first year you got to experience it your second year you did not um, you probably never want to experience it again what is it like running out on the field at MetLife Stadium or a um, well AT&T Stadium uh, you know Link uh, any of these places and there's nobody there you know, MetLife Stadium, there's 80,000 gray seats looking at you, and you got to kind of motivate yourself. I mean, it, it's it's got to be just a freaky feeling. Yeah, it's it's super weird. You know, you come out the tunnel, and you got all the pyrotechnics, and it's just like nothing. It's almost a little, rid- it's almost a little ridiculous having the smoke and the stuff, because it's like, well, 
it doesn't quite have the same effect without the roar of a crowd. But uh, it was kind of something that, to be honest, as the year went on, kind of in a weird way, kind of got used to it, kind of got used to bringing your own energy on the sideline, bring your own energy to your teammates. So, um, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, it was definitely something that was really weird. But um, after a little while, it kind of got used to it. Did you hear anything on the field this year that you never heard before because it was so quiet? You know what I mean? There's no roar of the crowd. And it's like, man, I didn't know that went on in the field. Somebody said something to you or to somebody else and or a coach yelling. And you're like, man, if there was crowd noise, I never would have heard that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can hear. I mean, you can hear everything. I mean, that goes both ways. Defense sometimes can hear us. Sometimes we can hear them. You know, you get on the line of scrimmage. And I remember one game, you get on the line of scrimmage, and the, the corner was like, safety goes, hey, sky, sky. And I was like, okay, well, that's cover three. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's like, it's like you never would have been able to hear him, you know. But, you know, we're just standing right there, and there's no sound barrier. You know, you can literally hear everything. So, you know, it was definitely weird. For sure. So the piped-in crowd noise didn't do it for you, Darius. Well, they did. They, they, that was only on TV, which I didn't. I didn't even know the thing till I was watching another game and I heard the crowd noise, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" I, but didn't, I didn't know not, that. I thought I thought they were pl- playing yeah. it on the speaker. Oh wow! Nah, it's only on TV, and the stadium oh. is it's dead quiet. that would be weird for me like if i was kicking i don't know how graham did it this year like that would just be really weird to me yeah it is super super weird the only sound that's in the stadium is they play music here and there but there's no no if you score a touchdown or graham bombs a long field goal it's just kind of like you know silent claps you know it's just (laughs) nothing well, I hope that changes this yeah, year. Yeah, we need fans back in the building. I know I want I want my ass in the building uh, next season at MetLife. It'll be the ten year anniversary of Lawrence's Lawrence Tynes' uh, Super Bowl team as well. So I'm sure we'll be we'll be there potentially doing a show. Darius, uh, have a great off season, man. Uh, let me know how the Magic City Wings are because my brother lives down there, and I uh, I hope to make a visit when COVID is over at some point. And uh, yeah. thanks for coming on the show, man. Good yeah, luck. Thanks, Darius. Thanks, Darius. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you guys having me on. That says cheerio to season two and episode 65, the Bart. Make sure you eat your oats edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show all season long. Catch up on all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing wherever you get your bloody pods. For Polly Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Tynes. Thanks for tuning in all season long. We'll be back when Big Giants news hits us off season. Stay tuned, folks. And stay safe. Pooping. Squeeze it out of me.